0: Todd Talbot from Love It or Listen Vancouver will join us a little bit later on with some important tips for first-time buyers. Also, is the bubble about to burst? We'll talk to a couple of people, one from the financial angle and the other from a more academic angle. It, are we in a bubble and will it burst? John, what are the big stories that we're talking about now on Vancouver Real Estate Today?
1: Ian, the Bank of Canada warning that our uh, surging real estate prices are just not sustainable. Bank Governor Stephen Polaz this week said it means home buyers and bankers here should uh, not expect prices to keep going at their current rate. The caution comes as the federal government faces pressure from researchers, bankers and other housing sector observers to address expanding household indebtedness and rising house prices.
2: The pace of house price increases in Toronto and especially in Vancouver is unlikely to be sustained given underlying fundamentals.
1: That was Stephen Polla's Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau said that Ottawa is conducting an in-depth examination of the country's real estate markets to try to see what measures might be necessary to ensure that Canadians can still afford to buy a home. Another study? Another study. With house prices skyrocketing to never-before heights, a city report finding 10,000 vacant homes here in Vancouver and the Bank of Canada warning. The mayor of Vancouver is now asking senior levels of government for help. Gregor Robertson says only the province can give the city the ability to level a tax on empty homes.
3: There's nothing for incentives to make sure we have fewer empty homes. As we know, we have over 10,000 homes empty in the city. We'd love to get thousands of those into the rental market or ensure that they're lived in.
1: Robertson says a 30% increase in home prices is off the charts.
3: We've seen cities like Hong Kong uh, go through this, and dramatic action was taken to intervene in the market. We're powerless to do that at the city. We're counting on the provincial and federal government to do something.
1: He would also like to see a luxury home tax and speculation tax brought into Cool Vancouver's red-hot housing market. Uh, This is a subject, of course, we're going to talk about in depth a little bit later on the program with one of our guests uh, this morning. The province appears to be waffling on Robertson's idea. Premier Christy Clark spoke to reporters on the issue and was hesitant on an absentee tax.
2: I really want to be careful that for anybody who already owns a home, if someone has invested their life savings in a home and taken out a big mortgage on that, government has to be really careful that the changes we make don't reduce the value of their home.
1: Christy believes the work is being done to help the affordability crisis, but says in actuality the real heavy lifting must come from municipalities. A new poll by Insights West found 80% of British Columbians surveyed support a tax on absentee owners. The polling company says all generations, ethnic groups, and income levels back the absentee tax. And for the first time, it measured anger and people are upset at municipal, provincial, and federal politicians for really not doing anything, 76% are unhappy with the lack of action by Christy Clark's government. A battle's brewing in over a 12-story development plan for the commercial and Venables neighborhood of Vancouver. Nearby residents oppose it. A number of mental health service providers and nonprofit groups have sent an open letter to city council saying it's needed to address the housing crisis especially those who are marginalized. The proposal from Buffalo Properties and the Kettle Society will include supportive housing units for 30 people with mental illnesses. One Port Coquitlam man is warning, don't get scammed if you're looking for a place to rent. Beric Moss says he found a place at a great price online with a landlord who claimed to be overseas. Everything looked good until he wanted to see the place. In
4: order- to actually view the apartment, you first needed to submit $1,300 to the property management company. But he says, no worries, they can't release the funds to him without our approval.
1: Yeah, another scam making the rounds. Uh, beware for renters. We brought you this story last week about the loss of rental housing in Burnaby's Metro Town. Housing critic for the NDP, David Eby, says it shows the city is just out of step with the region on housing
3: and the loss of hundreds of units of affordable rental housing has a direct impact on uh, homelessness on uh, the rental housing crisis that
5: we face and i think municipalities do need to engage with uh, this issue and to make sure that what they're doing isn't making things worse.
1: EB says the city should look at rental replacement policies or at the very least slow down the demolition of affordable rentals hundreds of people in the neighborhood have already been evicted to make way for new condo developments in the city's new metro town development plan could see that process expand even further. BC's housing co-ops are breathing easier today with Ottawa finally signaling exactly how it plans to keep them afloat for the next two years. Federal co-op subsidy agreements started to expire last year and while they were promised bridge funding in this year's budget, Tom Armstrong with Cooperative Housing Federation of BC says some co-ops had already started to run out of cash. Armstrong says the feds will now lay out details today for the $30 million which will keep co-ops afloat until 2018. In the meantime, they're negotiating with the province which will be expected to pick up the tab Going forward, and Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation says home construction companies were busy right across the country in May, but not as busy as they as they have been. Ian, uh, the number of housing starts nationwide in May was 191,000 units. That's a drop of just under 4,000 units when you compare the numbers to April. Lastly, we have another heritage designation story for you, Ian.
4: We're really, really happy about it. <laughs> To be honest,
1: the Molehill Housing Society's Quentin Wright is pleased the motions being tabled at Vancouver City Council to designate the Molehill neighborhood in the West End as a conservation area. The community consists of 35 homes, mostly built between 1888 and 1908. Most of the homes are owned by the city but run by the society.
4: The Housing Society operates 170 units of. Social housing in 28 buildings.
1: Councillor Adrian Carr tabled the motion. She says it's to stop redevelopment outside of the neighbourhood aesthetics.
5: Redevelopment could end up um, detracting from and diminishing the heritage value of the area.
1: Council will vote on that next week. And those are some of the stories that made the headlines this week.
0: That's good news about Mole Hill, right behind uh, on the west side of uh, St. Paul's Hospital. And uh, we mentioned last weekend the Vancouver Heritage uh, House Tour, which they did last weekend. wasn't included this year, but last year they had a property from Mole Hill in the tour. And it was really something, when you, when you think about the West End, it, it was all houses at one time. There were very few apartment blocks, so I'm glad to see that movement uh, taking place. Thank you for that, John. We'll come back after this break. We're going to talk about this so-called real estate bubble. That's next on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. The Mortgage Show is a highly successful home financing program which is heard Saturdays at 7 o'clock here on CKNW and it features longtime host Angela Calla, an award-winning accredited mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers. And with the real estate market seemingly spinning out of control, Angela has a way of finding the calm to make things work for most people from all walks of life and we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning.
5: Always a pleasure, Ian. Good morning to you.
0: The Bank of Canada continues to highlight uh, a couple of vulnerabilities related to Canadian households. Uh, the elevated level of household indebtedness and the imbalance in housing markets, particularly Vancouver and Toronto, compared with the rest of the country. We heard news at the Central Bank uh, this past Thursday. In its uh, biannual review said uh, there's a real risk to the Canadian financial system, uh, we're hearing the word "bubble" is being used. Uh, Stephen Palaz has uh, also said that the government is once again looking at the situation because he 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 says uh, he said, uh, "Let me quote here: If prices are going up because people expect prices to go down, then that, of course, is probably unsustainable." Uh, one more comment for you, Angela, before I let you speak, and that is, I don't want to go on here and on, but the point is is that you've got the likes of TD Bank also jumping onto that bandwagon. The mayor of Vancouver is also concerned. Are we in a bubble, and uh, what is your concern from a financial perspective?
5: Well, I can say that all the banks have always been extremely cautious about mortgages for Canadians. And I appreciate the fact that everybody is actually reviewing the data and taking this on a case-by-case basis. Um, There are listings available that still first-time homebuyers can get into. Listing of the week this week is a one-bedroom condo in New Westminster for $140,000. So those options are available. If any changes were to be made, you have to consider that you can't make federal changes when you only have two real estate markets that are being priced and accelerating at a fast rate. But what I must tell you, which is really important about reviewing all of the data, Ian, is that we've already seen a significant slowdown compared to where we were a month ago. Mm -hmm. Just in this last month, we've seen the changes to assignments. And we've seen a significant difference. Where we would have borrowers contacting us, telling us that they were going to be presenting an offer and be one of 12 to 15 people, we are now seeing those same borrowers now going into scenarios where they're actually able to go into an offer situation where they might only be another one or two offers and they still have the ability to have subjects on these offers. Mm. So we've seen a significant slowdown in the last few weeks. We've seen the steam come off of the pot a little bit and that could be a variety of things. One of course can be the assignment clause that uh, was changed in May to get rid of speculators in the market. And secondly, that can be also just the slowdown that the people that live and reside here that needed to move for their families that wanted to cash out, of course, like to do so seasonally before the summertime so they can have things in preparation for their children. And so I would suspect that, you know, we're seeing a little bit more normalcy to the market on a moving forward basis. And I hope that that continues because that the levels of appreciation that we're seeing are certainly not sustainable. And I wouldn't recommend any changes to down payment in any respect because that will only hurt the first-time homebuyer. And you absolutely need first-time homebuyers to be able to continue to have a healthy, um, a healthy economy and a healthy appreciation in the market.
1: Angela, do you think Canadians, do you think we have a, an ability to uh, self-regulate, I guess, in a sense?
5: Yes, I do. And nothing lasts forever, whether it's very good or very bad. And so when Canadians take that opportunity to educate themselves and understand exactly how things impact them, they are then empowered to make decisions with clarity. It's very easy to focus on one particular scapegoat, whether it be um, one particular demographic or, or whatnot. But when you look at the fundamentals and you look at everything um, you know, with, with calm analysis, then generally we find that everything does have a tendency to self-regulate itself.
0: One of the fundamentals I wanted to ask you about was interest versus uh, income. We have low interest rates right now. Uh, people that are getting into the market might feel the squeeze if those interest rates go up, even by uh, by a half or by a full point. Uh, then you've got uh, the overall economy, you've got the world economy, world events. There's lots of things that can impact the housing market. That's why I think the the bubble bell is being rung right now,
5: well, absolutely, and the fires uh, you know we were I was just speaking with our chief economist, Dr. Sherry Cooper, and she had said that the impact of the Fort Mac fires is more detrimental to the Canadian banking system than Hurricane Katrina was to the world with the impact, and we won't see exactly what that impact is for several months to mm-hmm. follow but you know, at the end of the day, the fundamentals never change. You have to focus on what's affordable for you. If interest rates did go up um, a little bit, you know, most Canadians are protected. In order to get a mortgage these days, you actually have to qualify at a higher rate oftentimes than the rate that you're actually going to pay. And again, when you talk about focusing on fundamentals, when somebody contacts me to ask, for what their options are for a mortgage. It doesn't start with, here's what you qualify for. It starts with, what can you afford? Mm -hmm. And then what we do is showing them based on what they can afford today, we also show them how to protect them against future inflation with the proactive mortgage strategy and show them what their payment would be like should interest rates rise one or 2%. And we make sure that they have that understanding when they're getting into a mortgage So even if interest rates were to rise, there's no element of surprise. And have they been following the mortgage plan of very strategic and small increases, then even if interest rates were to rise, their payments would still be less than what they started with because of the proactive mortgage strategy that comes as a courtesy with any mortgage that we do.
0: You you mentioned off the top uh, your listing of the week as a new Westminster, $140,000. Uh, most uh, people that I speak to that are trying to get into the market simply will not, they do not want or will not, uh, they they expect something more. I'm wondering what you would get for $140,000.
5: You get a 640-square-foot, 27-year-old building, first floor with a 160-square-foot patio outside area. Uh, The restriction on the building is no pets. There's no rental restrictions. Um and it's not brand new. It is no Shangri-La, but if you are willing there's mortgages out there that are purchase plus improvements, you can include the renovation cost in your new mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, updated kitchen, updated bathroom, updated flooring. And it's as good as some of the new stuff that you see coming up in New Westminster all the time. And let me let me be clear a mortgage payment on hundred and forty Thousand dollars is about six hundred dollars a month. Your strata fees are high; they are three hundred and thirty-five dollars a month, but that does include your heat and your hot water. So, you know, if you're renting, paying a thousand bucks a month somewhere, then essentially you'd be all in at the same price. And you and won't, you
1: you, you won't be in Vancouver if you're renting for that price. <laughs> Either Um, exactly,
5: but if someone has a basement suite or yeah,
1: possibly. Um, when we talk about this bubble, I'm curious. Could do do you think we could have a separate conversation just for Vancouver? Do you think it's it's almost its own uh, real estate um, uh, real estate topic? In that, uh, everywhere else outside of the actual city of Vancouver is separate is is due for a separate discussion. Do you think this bubble just relates to uh, Vancouver for the people involved in the the crazy real estate game here?
5: Well, if I understand you correctly, are you talking just about like downtown Vancouver? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, yes, I am talking about, the, and, you know, we hear all these concerns and the pressures and, and this word bubble that comes up all the time. I'm just wondering if uh, from your experience, if that goes to people that are involved in, in buying and selling in Vancouver more so than everywhere else, If if you think it could be just a separate discussion for the city.
5: I can't say that it's a separate discussion because I see that in Port Coquitlam, I see that in Maple Ridge, I see that in Pitt Meadows, I see that in Coquitlam, I've seen that in areas that are have actually surprised me. Mm-hmm. And it just really depends on the budget of the homeowner. And as an example, one of our uh, clients had listed their home on Wednesday and it's a home in Delta and it's sold two days later for full Price and it had you know many other offers coming in, but this particular family chose not to participate in the auction of getting many many offers. They said, "Hey, if I can get this fair value for my home, you know, I'll, I'll take it and and I'll proceed with with my with my life and my next stage." We've
0: got to leave it there, Angela. I'm sorry, we're out of time. We uh, you know we could go on for a long time, and and I always appreciate what you have to say. And we'll be listening this evening at seven o'clock for the mortgage show. And uh, hopefully we can talk to you again on Vancouver Real Estate Today.
5: You bet. Always here for you.
0: Okay, thank you. Angela Calla, the host of The Mortgage Show again. That's this evening at 7 o'clock on CKNW. John Meyer and myself, Ian Power, we'll be back in just a moment. We'll talk to uh, Professor Tom Davidoff from UBC in just a moment. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Joining us now is Thomas Davidoff, uh, Director, Center uh, for Urban Economics and Real Estate at UBC Sauter School of Business. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning.
4: It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Did you get out
0: for a run this morning?
4: <laughs> I did, uh, indeed. Uh, should, probably should have gone for a swim, but uh, family yoga <laughs> schedule. You know, did did
1: you run by any empty homes?
4: Uh, no, but you know... Uh, I do keep an eye on the for sale signs on Point Grey Road. Uh, don't live on Point Grey Road, which I did, but close enough. And, uh, you know, I thought I saw a bump in for sale, but I think they're moving
0: along like the rest of the market. Yeah, you know, the sky is falling. Uh, the federal government said that the, what's happening in Toronto and Vancouver, and it, it took the, the Bank of Canada to uh, to really make the point that the, it's not sustainable, what's happening in Toronto and, and Vancouver. Uh, how do we, f- are we in fact in a bubble
4: well you know that is the uh... six point four million dollar question Look, uh, prices are not sustainable for locals if you look at what locals are doing i believe there's panic buying uh... people think that they don't get in they're gonna miss on tremendous appreciation and that looks like a bubble that said what is triggering the so-called fear of missing out uh... a surge in demand from china i think nobody doubts has pushed up values in the best locations that feeds an awful lot of liquidity. The rich uh, homeowners sell out. They move down to trade down to townhomes. They give uh, first-time buying down payment assistance to their children. That pushes up prices. That pushes people out to the Fraser Valley. Uh, and so the trickle-down is quite significant. And I think just uh, immigrants uh, coming here uh, of whatever status has been very important. So, look, there's two possibilities. We're in a ridiculous bubble or we're on a glide path to Vancouver becoming an in- international playground for the rich. My best bet in uh, best guess, and it is just a guess, is that there's a little of both.
1: Now, Mayor Gregor Robertson this week said that it, uh, you know, if it's being treated like a business, then it should be taxed accordingly. i was just wondering your take on those comments.
4: Well, of course, uh, he's uh, preaching to the choir there. As you may know, I was one of uh, 50 or so economists in the Lower Mainland who recommend that if you don't pay income taxes to Canada, you buy property here and you don't rent it out to anybody, uh, then you ought not to get our ridiculously low property tax rates. You know, you could reform Vancouver in a heartbeat. Let's make it a great place to do business, cut income and sales taxes, and pay for it by raising property taxes. That won't happen politically, but let's at least ask people who don't get whacked, by our uh, income and sales taxes to pay reasonable property taxes. So amen uh, to Robertson for saying that.
0: But is it a simple case that the province and, by extension, the federal government uh, has too much to lose by changing the rules now?
4: Well, you saw the recent survey, which is people are not necessarily happy that Vancouver is on a transition path to playground for the rich from all over the world. Uh, now, they should be happy because homeowners who are most voters are in fact getting rich and the stimulus when you pump millions and millions of dollars, billions, uh, into Vancouver real estate, uh, you know, it's a lot of jobs and it's a lot of happy wealthy homeowners. But I think there's uh, a lot of unhappiness about affordability. So, look, politicians can be brave and do something about affordability, uh, but there are, of course, political risks for them. I
0: agree. And the biggest risk, would, it seems to me at least, right now, given the timing, is in the hands of the provincial government. They've got the most to lose, it would seem, because mo- most of their constituents would probably be on side uh, with keeping the status quo.
4: Uh, They they may well be. I wouldn't want to stand for re-election having a uh, record of zero accomplishment on housing affordability, but I also wouldn't want to crash property values. Let me just say, of course, look, we've proposed a property tax bump of 1.5% for non-local taxpayers, but you don't have to go that high. If you want to make sure you do zero damage and you don't chase anybody away and you just raise revenue that can be used to make the province a better place – Go with a half percent. Go with a quarter percent. Go with one 0.75. You can move the dial. The higher you set the tax uh, increment on people who don't pay income tax here, the more risk there is. They won't participate in buying anymore. That would be great for affordability, but maybe not great for homeowners. If you set the tax low, you make sure you're not chasing off any buyers You raise a decent amount of revenue, but you don't do as much for affordability. But doing nothing, uh, it's hard for me to see how that's the right call.
0: Well, you know, I mean, what you say makes a lot of sense. I'm not an economist, but uh, there just seems to be no will on behalf of uh, the the provincial or the federal government to make a move. They seem to always make a lot of noise, and they did so this past week, on the topic of housing and affordability, and yet there's this unwillingness to move in any direction.
4: I think we are at tremendous risk that what we'll see before the election is a thumbs-up, mission-accomplished uh, policy proposal that really does nothing. For example, uh, suppose you said to make housing more affordable, I'm going to cut property taxes. You know, that sounds good, but is the exact opposite of what would help affordability because you have to pay for it with income taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really worry about uh, somebody trying to get away with a half measure that might go in the wrong direction uh, as an election stunt. So I hope we can keep the pressure on for something that really uh, moves the dial on affordability, which I believe is becoming a crisis.
0: We only have half a minute here and I wish we had more time and this is slightly off topic but on on the idea that uh, empty condos or empty houses would somehow help affordability or increase rental stock to my way of thinking is is ridiculous. Uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that.
4: Uh, well, I think if we underuse the real estate we have, that hinders affordability because I think more homes on the market uh, certainly would put push down rents, uh, and rents really are the issue with affordability. Look, if you can't buy as long as you can rent, you're okay, but my concern is rents and prices are rising. Very quickly, one last thing we can do to add supply, of course – is forbid single-family zoning on our best real estate. Uh, The province might try that. That would actually raise single-family home values. Uh, But, of
0: course, they're afraid of the neighbors on that one, too. Tom Davidoff, Director of the Center of Urban Economics and Real Estate at UBC Sauter School of Business. And that doesn't even do your resume justice. But, as always, we appreciate your time and hope to talk to you again soon.
4: Anytime. Totally happy to be there.
0: Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. We do have to take a break, and we'll come back uh, from Love It or Listed Vancouver. Todd Talbot will join us. He has some tips for first-time buyers on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. And we're back on Vancouver Real Estate Today with our in-studio guest and a regular participant, Todd Talbot from Love It or List It, Vancouver. Saturday wouldn't be Saturday unless I'm sitting across from you, Ian. That's my favorite part of the day.
2: Yeah, this is this one good-looking gentleman. I, you know, for anyone listening to the radio right now, listen to those dulcet tones. Should I be in TV? Absolutely. Behind the camera, you'd be perfect.
0: <laughs> Why are you here talking about real estate? And I'm not being, I'm not being you know, glib when I say that because you have some expertise in that area.
2: Well, I've been involved in the, in the industry for about 15 years now. Um, a long time, I didn't talk about it. Because as an actor, you, you kind of want to you know, make sure that that's front and center. Um, I'll blame my parents. It started off when I moved back to Vancouver. And I got my first gig. I was doing uh, a theater gig in, in, in town. And they have this rule where if you're making money after you've graduated from post-secondary school, if you're living at home, you're paying oh, rent. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a great rule. So I started looking at places to rent, and at that time, when I was crunching the numbers, it looked to me that if I bought my first place and I bought a two-bedroom and rented out the other half to a buddy of mine, I could actually live cheaper than if I was actually renting from someone else. So I stumbled into it a little bit, but that's what got me started into the world of real estate, especially it was, you know, as as a theater actor... And a young theater actor. It wasn't expected that that was some a choice that you would make. I was given a book by my brother about uh, refinancing, and I read this book and I and I thought, you know, this seems it just clicked in my mind. And so I started to refinance that property, buy other properties. I tried a whole bunch of different things: pre-sales, flipping properties. Um, you know, moved into detached homes, duplex. Started renovating, you know, so it just kind of grew over time. And my passion for it grew and grew and grew. And, it, you know, it was something that I didn't really have a plan about. I was working full time as an actor, but in theater, you've got your days free. And so, um, you know, people would start buying me coffees and beers and saying, picking my brain. And, you know, one thing led to another. We started a few real estate companies and, and now I'm sitting across from you and doing a TV show uh, that you know is focused around real estate. Which this is, is the which pinnacle is awesome. of your
0: career, right here, is it? Is it uh,
2: not? Talking with you, absolutely. Why do you think I get up on Saturday mornings? <laughs> it drives me through the weekend.
0: Look <laughs> Look, if somebody's listening right now, yeah, and they want to get into the market, and we talk a, a lot about first-time buyers. Is, is there My favorite topic? Is there some simple way to do it because it seems so overwhelming yes. for a first-timer? So either rob a bank or kill
2: your parents. (laughs) One or the other.
0: (laughs) Todd Talbot. Yes.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's going to be a great soundbite. Todd encourages people to knock their parents off. (laughs) Um, Let's be honest. As a first-time buyer, it's not only daunting because of the process. You don't necessarily understand it. You don't understand the nuances. Anytime you do something for the first time, it's scary. I remember buying my first place 15 years ago. I thought the market was at its peak. It, as crazy as that sounds now, in hindsight, yeah. my first mortgage was seven point two four percent. Yeah, I thought I'd had the best mortgage ever, yeah. and that I'd hit the peak. Yeah. So I was totally wrong. <laughs> um, you know, I was lured by a lot of things that I think um, marketers do to get people in. We've talked about staging. I bought the display suite in a brand new condo. Oh, so you know, there's a lot of things that I've learned over time, and uh, so it's daunting in terms of the process for a first time buyer. But more importantly, in this market, it's daunting from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, I was talking to the lighting guy on our set the other day who's looking at buying his first property. So we're taking him out. We're we're starting that process. And so the first thing that people are juggling is location versus budget. Right. And it always boils back down to this. On our show, we talk about it all the time. Okay, you can move a little further out or you can go over budget. That's <laughs> basically our formula. So... Um, my personal philosophy about this is that a first time purchase needs to be thought of as an investment. First and foremost, okay. it needs to fit your, fit your needs right now, sure. but you need to look at it long term. This is an investment. It is not your dream home. Get rid of those thoughts, manage your expectations. You're not at the buffet. You know, right. you're, you're, you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you want to make a good one. Mm-hmm. So, I like to suggest that we focus on location first and foremost. And if that means sacrificing some of the things that you think are really important to you right now, like 10 foot ceilings, or I want a loft, or whatever it is, in suite laundry. Hot I, tub. I mean, make, some, oh, tub. make <laughs> some of those sacrifices with your first purchase in order to get into a location Location's that is going to have the best. Capital appreciation right. chances are you 're buying a stratified property might be a condo or a townhouse. Very few people are launching into a detached house as their first property, especially in greater vancouver right so those places are going to you 're not going to be able to add a ton of value through renovating. Most of the appreciation of that property is going to be based on the market Location. so yeah. focus on that
0: managing your expectations is critical, I think, and this is something that because the market is so wacky and so out of control right now, it's very difficult to do. And especially if you're a first-timer and you don't really know the rules of the road, it, it can become, as we said, a little overwhelming. Totally. And, and, you, and then you couple that with the, and I, I keep referring back to emotions because I think emotions are huge when it comes to, to your home. So you want this place. You, 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 know, you fall in love and you, you see yourself there. Do you have any ideas on, on how to manage those expectations <laughs> in a realistic way?
2: It's like dating. You need to have your heart broken a few times. And you need to be prepared for that. And I think going in with the idea that you're going to lose a few times is great. Hmm. You need to go through that process. And the, the biggest thing that I tell people right now is that take your time. You know, don't... It's very easy to get caught up in the frenzy of this market. And even when the market's not hot, that you feel like it's got to be rushed.
0: Yeah, you feel pushed along.
2: Put yourself in a position where you're not rushed. Make sure you're either renting a place or you're living at home or wherever it Mm -hmm. is, that you're not pressurized to leave that place and buy a place and move in. You've got lots of time. Go slowly, ask a ton of questions, make sure that you're working with someone who's passionate about first-time buyers right? because it's a really interesting process. You know, I, I, I still do workshops for first-time buyers, and I think it, I always come out so jacked after that conversation because, you know, it's, it's one of the ways that we can take care of our financial future is to lay the groundwork, but you got to make sure that that first step is a smart one and it's a wise one, and you've bought correctly.
0: That's Todd Talbot from Love It or List It Vancouver, which is on the air on W Network at with your co-host Jillian Harris, ten o'clock Monday nights. That's right. And I say thank you once again for this has been so much fun. Thank be, you for being with us.
2: Ian it's a pleasure. You make a good cup of coffee.
0: We'll be back in a moment on Vancouver real estate today from News Talk nine eighty CKNW. We are uh, looking at the bubble that so many people are ringing a bell about these days, John. Uh, of interest, our conversation with uh, Thomas Davidoff from the Sauter School of Business.
1: Yeah, he had some interesting comments. Uh, Earlier this week, we told you Gregor Robertson coming out saying that only the province can really give the city of Vancouver the ability to level a tax on empty homes.
3: There's nothing for incentives to make sure we have fewer empty homes. As we know, we have over 10,000 homes empty in the city. We'd love to get thousands of those into the rental market or ensure that they're lived in.
1: Robertson says a 30% increase in home prices is just
3: off the charts. We've seen cities like Hong Kong uh, go through this, and dramatic action was taken to intervene in the market. We're powerless to do that at the city. We're counting on the provincial and federal government to do something.
1: He would also like to see a luxury home tax on speculation uh, tax brought into cool Vancouver's red-hot housing market. Uh, We spoke with Premier Christy Clark as well, who talked about the issue and was hesitant on an absentee tax.
2: I really want to be careful that for anybody who already owns a home, if someone has invested their life savings in a home and taken out a big mortgage on that, government has to be really careful that the changes we make don't reduce the value of their home.
1: Now, this morning, as you heard here, UBC economist Tom Davidoff spoke with uh, Ian and myself, and uh, he says there can be a trade-off for people who don't pay income taxes here, and it uh, could help enhance affordability for people who live and work in the city.
4: If people who live and work here are being outbid for homes by people who do not live and work here and don't pay taxes here, that other class of home buyer ought to be paying higher property taxes.
1: Uh, David Off, part of a group of 50 economists from UBC and SFU who think stricter fines targeting a certain group is the best solution to uh, address the the bubble.
0: To be continued, uh, unless we burst before that. (laughs) I don't think that'll happen tomorrow or anytime soon, but certainly something that we need to and will follow very carefully. Jamie Benteen has been our Technical producer for John Meyer. My name is Ian Power. Stay with us. CKNW Weekend is next on News Talk 980. CKNW.